So welcome back to class. Um, as you may have noticed, there was no class last week. Um, so we had a bit of a mix-up, actually, that I wrote to the town, and I said to them that I was going to be missing a class towards the end. And then they said, okay, just let the students know. And then what I was going to, the retreat, things were shifting and stuff. So I actually went last weekend, and I wrote an email to everybody. But unbeknownst to me, the town also wrote an email to everybody, giving a different date. So I apologize for kind of that mix-up, if anybody else showed up here and there's nothing going on here. Um, so last week, I just gave a very basic overview of just kind of what it means to sit and practice. And I'll anyway be getting into that exact same stuff here. So um, I personally think that I would start by saying there's no right or wrong or good and bad when it comes to meditation. The question is, what do you want? Right? Fair enough. So we're here because we want results. We want some kind of results. Yeah? So what results do you want? And when you can kind of clarify the results you want, then you know how to get those results. That's pretty straightforward. So if your wish is just to relax, right, just to learn to relax, um, then I would say using music and using um, really anything, right? You can relax, you can drink a glass of wine to relax. There's a lot of, take a bath, right? There's a lot of ways to relax, right? It doesn't have to be meditation. Um, relaxation is a part of meditation, but it's not all there is, right? So um, what I try to teach here, what for me this is kind of about, it's a process of refining the mind. That when I teach in the way that I practice too, it's bringing the mind from its normal kind of working state, which is very externally focused through the senses, very caught up in the storylines around us, um, our perceptions of how things are, which can also be inaccurate. Yeah, so Adam just played for me this thing on YouTube that it says this kind of, it makes this noise on loop and some people hear Yanni, and some people hear Laurel. Laurel. And he's like, yeah, it's this funny thing. It just says Laurel, Laurel. And he played it for me, and I hear Yowie, Yowie. I'm like, that says Yowie. And he's like, that says Laurel. I'm like, there's no L sound whatsoever. You know, We'll play it after class. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's kind of like just doing that, and he hears Laurel, and I hear Yowie. And it's like, okay. So, and I said to him, like, this opens up a whole can of worms, actually, because, you know, we really trust our perceptions. We cling, I, at the men's retreat I was just at, um, part of the men's retreat is we actually had a Nerf war that we were all went to Walmart and we got Nerf guns, this kind of five day retreat. And it was 13 men in this huge house in multi-layers and we had this huge Nerf war. And sometimes it would happen that you shoot somebody and you'd see it kind of like hit off and be like, I hit you. And they're like, no, you didn't, you know, I didn't feel, you know. And you'd kind of have these like arguments, like did you get hit or not, right? It's like how like eight year olds argue when they play games. Um, but the person who got hit really didn't feel it. They're like, in their world, in their perception, nothing touched them. And in your perception, yes, it did. So you have two different perceptions and you both think you're right. Yeah, and a lot of our, I would say our gross mind, so to say, so um, our identifications with things, right? Our perceptions, our beliefs, right? We start getting deeper, you start to get into beliefs and things like this. Um, we hold a lot to be true. We hold a lot to be true about ourselves, 
we hold a lot to be true about the world. Um, I often say, you know, when you're a child, you project um, the universe onto your parents, right? So if your parents give you the feeling like you need to do something to be loved, to be worthy of being loved, to be okay, then you think that that's like a universal truth. Yeah, and a lot of adults still think that, that they need to do something to get love. They don't realize that was just their parents' crap that they've just now taken as reality and now project that into the world around them, right? So the more that you start drilling down into the mind, you start peeling back all these layers and you start understanding them better too. Yeah, and I was saying before is that when you can kind of start refining more and more and more, you start to see also in the mind kind of like what is me and what is not me. Um, so one of the revolutionary experiences I made through meditation was when I realized that my thoughts were not me, which sounds like perhaps a simple realization. But if you really look at your experience, even right now, you'll have a thought come up and you'll believe it. Right? I'll be talking and you'll say, oh, that's, that makes a lot of sense, right? So that thought that makes sense comes up and then you're just kind of nodding along. Like, yeah, I believe that. I believe my thought about what's happening. Or you'll think this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you'll start nodding like, yeah, Seth is just a rambling idiot. Why did I come here, right? And you'll nod along because you'll believe that feeling. Like, that's just the truth. Yeah, and it was really interesting when I was doing a prostration retreat, so these full-length bows in the monastery where you lay down and you stand up and you lay down. This is like a Tibetan Buddhist practice, yeah. And I had to do 100,000 of them over three months, so I did 1,200 a day, and I was kind of going through them. And I'd want to finish, you know, my sets of 300 that I did, you know, four 300 sets a day. And I'd be going, and I'd say, yeah, I really want to do this. This feels good. I want to do it. And I'd stand up, and I'd be like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I go, yes, I do. Like, I want to do this. This feels good. Okay, I want to do this. Okay, I want to stop. I want to stop. And I kind of just at one point made this reflection and I was like, I feel like I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I understand what alcoholics feel because you have your, your mind, your heart. Yeah, and in your heart, you're right, you don't want to drink. Yeah, your heart says like, I want to be, feel good about myself. I want to be proud of myself. I want to be healthy. I want to be a good role model. I want to give out good energy to my life. And then that same place in your heart, in the next second, a voice comes up and it's like, God, I could really go for a beer. Yeah, that we speak with conflicting voices in the same place and we believe the voices and we believe one and we believe the other and we fight the two voices against each other. And when I started making space and realizing that thoughts, I, I could have a thought, I could be sitting here and say, you know, I really don't want to be here. And I could look at that thought and say, I don't agree with that. I'm thankful that I'm here. This is great. You know, suddenly I'm choosing, right? It's very empowering. I'm choosing what my thoughts are. And when you start breaking down your perceptions and your beliefs, you start drilling down and peeling back these layers and you kind of start to see like what I'm not, what I'm not, what I'm not, what I'm not. And ultimately in the Buddhist context, you pull it all the way down and you say, oh, there's actually nothing left. Um, my personal kind of experience with meditation is the kind of deepest places that I've got to on retreat um, and everything kind of collapses in on itself. There's just awareness. And it wasn't anymore the feeling of like me and the outside world or me and my breath or me and my thoughts. There was no more duality. It was just an awareness in space. So it couldn't even be said that I made that experience because the I was not present. I didn't feel that this is me and that's not me. 
the I experience, the ego, it's something that's actually a grosser level of mind. Um, so, you know, again, one of my teachers, Acham Brahm, he said um, a frog and a tadpole met each other in the pond. And the frog said to the tadpole, you're going to love it when you get to dried land. And the tadpole said, oh, what's dry land? And the frog said, oh, well, dry land is that thing when you get out of the water. And the tadpole looked and he's like, what's water? Right? Because the tadpole has lived in water his whole life. He didn't know what it was. Yeah, forget about dried land. He doesn't even know what water is because he has no relation point to it. He has no other frame of reference. And that's kind of the, the groundbreaking experience that can be made through these practices is that on these really deep levels, this thing that you've been in your whole life, um, I often say it's like if you ever get into somebody's car and their car smells really bad, you know, but they don't notice it because they've been in it the whole time. You know, this, it gives you a chance to step out, to get a vantage point. And then when you step back into your vessel, into your perceptions, your beliefs, you go, oh, this stinks in here. No wonder I feel depressed. There's all these negative thoughts going on. No wonder why I'm angry, because like, I never speak out what I actually want in life, right? Or I never set my boundaries and say no, because I would feel guilty. And you start to see your whole world from the inside, but then you start to be able to rearrange stuff. You start to be able to make the changes that you need to make to start living your life in a more open, full, empowered, happy, peaceful, free kind of way. And that process of going in, coming out, going in, coming out, going in, coming out, adjusting, adjusting, adjusting. Meditation ultimately becomes a tool to reshape our entire lives, right? It's not this thing that just happens in this class, right? And then you go home and you do whatever ultimately they need to feed into each other that every time you go in and you come out you start to see things a little bit clearer and again on these longer term retreats when you're really deep in that space um, you have a chance to work on some of the bigger things and they come out and then you can start to transform them uh, because ultimately meditation is also just a vessel right everything is a tool meditation is a tool to bring a certain kind of result right so once we can get that result the meditation is actually not even so important anymore it's that we want that result, but to get that result, you know, to build the house, you need the hammer, right? The hammer itself is not a big deal. You could throw it out later, but you're not going to build the house without the hammer, right? So meditation in that sense is a tool. Now, the question of meditation being used, um, right, like with music or guided meditation, or how do you know if you're like doing it right, or if it's working, or if you're getting the results or not, or when to kind of try it by yourself, when not to... Um, I would say that there's not exactly a right answer to that. The retreat that I gave in Acton, the day-long retreat that I gave, somebody asked the same question and I said to them, yeah, you know, it's really easy to ride a bicycle with training wheels, right? And that's for me like what a guided meditation is. It's like someone sits you down, they tell you how to breathe, what to do, they lead you through the whole thing. So you're being supported the whole time. If you try to ride a bike without training wheels, you're going to fall over a few times, right? A lot of people, they sit to meditate for the first time and they're just a mess. They can't do it. Their mind's crazy. They quit. Uh, I'm hopeless. I'm frustrated. Right? Go back to my recordings. Um, so, you know, ultimately to be able to have a practice where you're able to sit by yourself, it also, again, it's another level of freedom because then you can meditate wherever you are. You don't need anything. You don't need any tools or gadgets or you can just go off into the forest and just meditate and you're doing it and it's fine, you know. So, um, so from kind of beginning until the place where you're kind of able to do it on your own, 
that's all your space to kind of feel it out and figure it out. Um, I started meditating unguided. I just started sitting in my bedroom 15 minutes once a week just to start trying it out, just to do it, jump in the deep end, so to say. And only later I kind of started pulling in some guided meditations, but more than that, I started pulling in some understandings of what to do in the meditation. That's kind of how I did it. I just tried meditating and just got beat up for a long time, but then started learning, oh, I'm supposed to be gentle, right? Oh, I'm not supposed to be pushing away my thoughts, right? Oh, it's just about relaxing, right? I started getting new understandings of what to do inside of that space that it made more sense. Um, I probably should have done guided meditations, but you know, when I started meditating, there wasn't really like, they weren't out there actually in mass like they are now. It would have been hard to find. So I would say for each one of you to really go on your own personal journey with that, to, um, to sit and to meditate and to use kind of guided things. As much as it feels good, you can also switch back and forth, right? You can, for instance, come to this class. Um, I just set up a new thing on Facebook that you can, I'm giving four meditations a month. So one every Monday that you can meditate with me, so to say, in this private group on Facebook. Um, that there's ways to kind of, you know, have that support. But then maybe, you know, we're in this room on Thursdays. Maybe you meditate with me on Mondays. But then maybe like Tuesdays, you try by yourself, for instance. And also when you try by yourself, you start to see you know, what am I having problems with, right? When I try to ride a bike by myself and I'm always falling over to the left, right? Or I'm always kind of, I can't get it going. Then I know kind of what to ask the teacher. Like, oh, I keep falling over in this one direction. What's that about, right? I'm not getting the momentum. And then I can say to you, oh, you need to pedal faster. Or, you know, maybe turn the handlebars to the right so you don't fall left kind of thing that when you try it by yourself, you know where you're at, you know where your kind of difficulties are. And then I can kind of assist you and give you the kind of tools that you need the understanding to get in the right direction. So um, for me personally, meditation, it needs to feel good. Yeah, it needs to be something that you want to do. Um, when you meditate and, you're, and you don't want to meditate, it's like you just sit there and you're just kind of fighting yourself the whole time. And then you get up and it's like, Great, I just sat and made myself more stressed, right? Because the result that I wanted was to feel peaceful and relaxed, and the result that I got was stress and frustration and irritation, which is why a lot of people actually don't meditate, because they try it, and they're getting a different result than they want, and then they give up. And that's A, because they just don't know how to do it yet. They haven't put in enough time. Um, they haven't learned, right? Like everything else in life, we learn. It takes time to play piano. It takes time to learn to drive a car. Everything we do in life, you have to learn it. But for some reason, meditation is this thing that if you can't do it right away, people just throw it away. And I think that's really strange, uh, especially because it's probably the most important thing you could ever do because it's just working in your own mind, which is the center of all of your experience. When meditation becomes something that you want to do, that it feels good, um, you'll wake up and it'll just feel good to meditate, right? Or you'll be in a beautiful place, you'll have a free moment, or even you'll notice you're stressed out and you sit down and you just breathe and relax and it feels good to do that. Um, so that would be like for going on vacation or going on things that are like outside of your daily schedule. Um, you know, I wouldn't say make sure you schedule in a meditation every day. If, like you can if you want. Some people are more structured like that. And, you know, I'd say, okay, wake up, 
go to the bathroom, come back and meditate for 10 minutes and then go off on your day. Um, but another way to say that is I would just say like whenever you feel like you want it at any given moment, when you have a little bit of time, when your mind feels a little bit uplifted or it feels like you want to drop in and get that piece, um, do it because you want to do it, right? Because the whole point of meditation, the reason that it works is that the mind comes together and collects on things that it likes. Okay, so just think about that for a second. Yeah, if the mind likes something, it collects around it, it concentrates, right? If something feels nice, the mind is like, ah, and it kind of comes in, right? You see something nice, the mind goes to it. Hear something nice, the mind goes to it. You feel a nice feeling, the mind goes to it, right? If you feel things like um, anger, right, irritation, what does the mind do, right? Spinning, starts spinning. You start having these thoughts, and you start yelling and getting angry and pushing away and getting frustrated. And yeah, when the mind is faced with something it doesn't like, it's trying to escape the present moment. It's fighting, it's fleeing, it's irritated. Yeah, when the mind is in touch with something it likes, it just settles. It settles into it, like your pillow at night, right? You just settle into it. So the whole kind of trick the, the hack, if you will, for meditation, the mind hack, right? It's learning how to connect in this moment to something that feels nice. Yeah, it's starting to really just allow ourselves. And the one that I often use for people is just to relax. I feel like that's the easiest one because you know what it feels like to relax your body. You know, relax the face, relax the shoulders, relax the belly. You start to relax the body. So you know what the energy of relaxation feels like and then relax the mind. Relaxation feels good. Relaxation, if you can get into it, slowly can turn into peace. Yeah? Peace, when you can get into it, slowly turns into bliss. Yeah? Bliss, when you can get into it, slowly turns into like ecstasy. It kind of gets really intense, right? There's actually a, an emotional progression of these feelings, kind of starting from relaxation and getting peaceful and getting kind of the more, I would say, piercing in their beauty, if that makes any sense. It's hard to explain. So where we're at right now, which is very much the ground level, which is kind of how do we just move from our daily lives, you know, right? Slowly starting to come into that funnel of meditation. Um, what I said last week, I believe, was just to learn to be present with whatever's here, right? Um, don't fight against anything. Don't push it away. Don't have expectations of what this should be. Really just softening and allowing this experience just to be like it is, to be here. Right? At least. They say at least. If you can't help, at least don't harm. Right? So it's like if you don't know what to do, at least then just allow things to be like they are. At least. Yeah. But I would say since it's the second class, step two, is to start feeling also the nice feeling. Start to start to slowly feel the relaxation. Yeah, feel the soft rug under you. Feel, ah, oh, it's so nice. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to look at my phone. Nobody's asking me to make them a sandwich or do work or drive them somewhere. You know, I don't have to answer to anybody. This is my time, my space. Ah, you know, that feeling of just like, I don't have to do anything for anybody right now. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah, even just feel that and just take a time out from life. Yeah, take a little vacation. That's all you need to do. It's perfect. Yeah, so I'm going to lead this meditation today. I'll kind of bring us to that place. Um, I'll, I'll lead us to our time out, our lifetime out.
and um, and I'll kind of guide you to that place and leave you there for a little bit just so you can hang out and experience it. And then um, I'll bring you back and we'll do then a walking meditation. So we'll, it's like meditation, but walking, right? So we'll just go together around this area in a circle. This is just a really good way also to bring the awareness back to the body, back here, right, to us. Um, and then we'll sit again after the walking and then the mind will really be able to drop in deeply for the last couple minutes of class. Um, so is that okay? Are there any questions about any of that? Or ready to go? Okay. So um, sit in a way that you feel stable, you feel relaxed. 